and welcome to Neither of the Time nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who, the Sarah Jane Adventures, Torchwood, and now Doctor Who Redacted, which, it, um, what is that? Is it, does it count as proper Doctor Who? I don't know, where's is that intro spin-off? going to end? <laughs> we might have to slim it down at some point, mightn't we? Yeah, you've got to add in there, we've done class as well. Well, kind of, yeah. You, you've you've done class. Yeah. I still refuse to engage with it yeah. beyond the first couple of episodes. Um, oh, how have you been, Matt? Uh, have I even t- told you? I've even told the listeners that you're Matt. I don't know they have. No. Anyway, Matt's here, folks. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're David as well. Let's not leave that bit out. Oh, yeah. I suppose. It, imagine important. if people have listened to this, going, "That was great," but who are they? Who are they? <laughs> If only there was a way to know. Yeah. No, I, I could check one of the 200 other available episodes. I, I'm good, thank you, but I do need to warn you. I have... Yeah. I've ordered some dessert on Deliveroo, and it hasn't arrived yet. Right. So, exciting. Mm. At any moment, I'm going to go get some waffles. Oh, so this could be a... Uh, a late stage entrant for uh, meal of the fortnight. Hey, I, I, after last week's cookie, you know anything could happen. Mm. I, I just Worth thought keeping like, that in mind. The last couple of weeks, I've just had a little bit of cake whilst we've recorded and really enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. But I've kind of had a lazy day today and didn't go to the shop, so I just thought I'd order in. Fair dues, fair dues. Um, so yeah, uh, should we should we start there? Should we just get? Uh, do you want to get um, meal of the fortnight over and done with? Yeah, I mean, I, I I've literally done nothing this week because we recorded so late <laughs> last week. Uh, yeah, it, it seems there's, there's, the there's, only there's... thing I've done is listen to Doctor Who Redacted. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because we're on a fortnightly schedule at the moment in theory, but it doesn't feel like it. Because no. it's literally been... Has it been less than a week since we last recorded an episode? Yeah, and don't forget, um, in a fortnight's time, I'm going to be away. So we need to probably do uh, three recordings a in a week. Mm. Lucky us. Yeah, that's a point. Um, in, over the bank holiday weekend, if, if any listeners are in Manchester, just let me know. I'll be out and about. You know, let's go for a beer. Yeah. You have a very different approach to these things than me, Max. Yeah, I mean, I've got plans all day Saturday. Um, I'm sort of free Sunday evening. If anyone wants to hand out, hang out Bank Holiday Sunday, um, I'm just going out drinking in Manchester that night. Or if anyone's going to Warhammer Fest, you know. I might make a T-shirt that says neither the time nor the space. I'm David. Don't ask me about it. <laughs> uh, it'd be interesting to see what uh, if anyone. I mean, it's very unlikely that anyone would have any idea what what that T-shirt's in reference to. No, no. But you've got to think it's Warhammer Fest. I won't be the biggest dog there. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's probably it would be a greater than zero percent chance. But still not that high a chance, no. let's be honest. No, so let's do Meal um, of the Fortnite. What's the best thing you've eaten yeah. over the last two weeks, or the last week? Wow. 
I thought I was going to really struggle this week because, uh, as we've alluded to, it's not been that much time. You know, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I was still riding on the high of that um, that cookie. I don't think I made clear as well. I had no idea that my partner even had cookies to begin with. So it was the sheer unexpected joy of suddenly being handed a cookie mm-hmm. um, that, that really made that one pretty special. Um, so yeah, I was I was riding that high for most of the week. I'm gonna be honest, Matt. Um, but we we got a a very strong contender today. Uh, my my partner and I we've been uh, we've been hard at work on some uh, house stuff recently. Uh, so we had a sort of quite quite chore heavy start to the day today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the afternoon we were all a bit burnt out we needed to get out of the house for a bit uh, so we swung by uh, a local chippy and then headed out to Silton Forest Okay, and had ourselves yeah. a little fish and chips picnic very nice very nice. in the middle of the afternoon what, what's your fish and chips order? Uh, fish, chips, mushy peas um, and I, I usually go for a curry sauce as well, but I, I refrained on this occasion. Yeah, you, but can, I did make you sure can't go double sauce once you're out and about. <laughs> yeah, it is challenging. Especially, I, I, I remember to bring additional salt and vinegar just in case oh, and ketchup. Wow. But I didn't think to pack any forks. No forks, so, so it's all fingers? Uh, all fingers. As nature intended. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. Good time. So, um, what about you, Matt? Uh, well, you know how... Let, let's be honest. I think one of the reasons Meal of the Week and therefore Meal of the Fortnight has been successful is, mm. you know, we, we cover the full range, don't we? Lest we forget, Meal of the Year was a cheese sandwich. At one point, <laughs> yes. your meal of the week was a cold glass of water. Um, yeah, stand by and it. I like to think I I champion the other end of the scale. You know, I like to go for decadent mm-hmm. meals and big, fancy, posh foods. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm nothing if not foodie. So this week, David, yeah. my meal of the fortnight is spam and chips. <laughs> Oh, Matt, I have so many questions. Mm. Um, Fire away. First of all, okay. First of all, I have never eaten spam. Okay. So my first question is... Yeah, you're at far is... lower risk of colonic yeah. cancer than I am then, probably. Mm. <laughs> Various <laughs> of the bowel ailments. Okay. If, if you were to try and articulate... The the flavour and texture of spam, what what would you go for? Uh, for context, I have eaten corned beef, so mm-hmm. I know what that is like. Right, I I've would eaten, say spam is you know, denser than corned beef products. Denser, okay. Yeah, you you know you know when you watch a nature documentary and you see birds regurgitate food into the mouths of their young. Yeah, yeah that's right. spam. Um, okay. <laughs> So, it, like, I know it's disgusting, but I, I actually had spam fritter and chips. And 
So it was mm-hmm. battered, and it was cooked. Yeah. It was cooked in the air fryer, David. I still love the air fryer. Um, uh, and you're still on 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 board with that. It, it was just it was just delightful. You know, mm. just food food of the working man. Yeah, absolutely, and presumably you had some sort of sauce accompaniment with that. Uh, I had salt and vinegar on the chips, of course, and then just mm-hmm. a little bit of red yep. sauce. Now, I'm going to make a disclosure to you, David. As yep. I've got older, I think I've gone off tomato sauce. Really? Yeah. Because this this week, um, I went and visited my brother, and I went to mm-hmm. a... I went to five guys, and mm. and they they were, they were they all there, um, or did they take it in shifts? In fact, it was four guys and a woman. But four guys and a woman. Well, I don't like to assume. I guess right? that's, that's I, hard I believe to fit that onto the, the side, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like their chips, but I like them with mayonnaise. But I also got some tomato sauce, mm. and I was like, that's just not as nice. That's what they do on the continent, isn't it? And I can yeah. get mayonnaise with their chips. Yeah. Chips and mayonnaise, I think, is nicer than chips and red sauce. But it depends. In most circumstances, I'd agree with you. But, but like, with, with fish and chips, no, definitely not. No, and with red meat, I would never have it. But then, like, chicken dipper and chips, mayonnaise all day. Mm. Yeah. It's, it, you know, I think... I think the, the what we can surmise here is that sauces, like so many things in life, are very much context dependent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, different sauces <laughs> for different courses. Yeah, that's that's the saying, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I was worried you were going to uh, laugh at uh, spam and chips, so I asked Chat GDP to write me a. Uh, mm-hmm. An answer, but it just says I don't have access to your personal experiences and cannot know what you've eaten this week. <laughs> However, I can suggest that you think about the meals you have had and consider which you enjoyed the most. It could be something that was particularly delicious, satisfying, or even just a special treat that you don't often get to enjoy. Once you've identified what you think the best thing you ate this week was, you can share that with whoever you wish to communicate it with. Good, good stuff. Good advice. Yeah. Solid stuff from ChatGPT. I haven't done much playing around with Chat ChatGPT. I've had a quick go. Um, what I, the first thing I did was uh, to ask it to recommend me some obscure progressive rock bands, um, and it uh, offered me a load of like blindingly obvious ones that I've been fans of for twenty years. So I said, like no, Van de Graaff Generator, my favourite prog rock band. Yeah. Exactly, it was. It was stuff like Van de Graaff Generate and Gentle Giant. I'm like, yeah, I know. What else you got, mate? Um, so I asked it and said, no more obscure than that. It gave me some slightly more, you know, sort of like C-tier bands. But, you know, I've been in this game a long time. So I said, no, more obscure than that, please. And we just kept going. And, and it literally got to the point that it was just making up bands that don't exist. You know, I was checking Rate Your Music, Discogs, ProgArchives.com. These bands did not exist. Oh, really? It just made yeah. some up? It just gave up. Ah. Just made, yeah, just... I asked it to regenerate the response, and it said, if you are looking to try something new, why not try grilled chicken with a side of roasted vegetables? 
How do you feel about that, Matt? Does that sound appealing to you? I mean, I eat grilled chicken all the time. Let's see what it Let's see what it says. Specifics of those vegetables. So sushi, I have that quite a lot. In fact, this week I'm going to try its suggested qu- quinoa salad with mixed greens, cherry tomatoes, and feta cheese. I bet that's quite nice. Sounds very refreshing on a summer's day. Yeah. A, well, spring day, I should say. I am asking it what is spam made today. of. I think it's like butchers' shop floor sweepings, isn't it? Eyeballs and assholes, that's what people say. Oh, yeah. it's a canned meat made of chopped pork shoulder, ham, salt, water, potatoes, sugar, and sodium nitrate. Mm, all the good stuff. Yeah, all the best bits. <laughs> um, well then, Matt. What about Easter eggs? Did you have an Easter egg? Have we oh, tried since Easter? I don't think we have. Yeah, I've, I've lost track of time, to be honest. Now. I think we must Hang have on. recorded on Good Friday, no, did we... we? Yes, I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. So it has technically been slightly more than a week. It just doesn't feel like it. it feels like it's gone in the blink of an eye. Mm. Um, but yeah, so Easter eggs. Um, I had a... Um, oh. I'm trying to remember. It was a Cadbury's Caramel Easter egg that my partner got me. Oh, was very nice. nice. Did she like redesign the packaging as she's known to do to make it a Doctor Who Easter egg? No. Nah. Nah. She's been very busy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, uh, 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 we, we posted that at the time, didn't we? We did, yeah. Loyal listeners will know what we're referring to there. Um, it did pop up in my Facebook memories the other day, and I was I was tickled by it. Obviously, again. but obviously no, she's working two jobs at the moment. I'll cut her some slack. Well, whilst we're doing deep dives for like fans who's listened for the beginning, obviously Easter's a very yeah. significant time. Uh, have you yeah. still denied, denounced Christ as your savior? Uh, yes, every day. Okay. I, I, still, I just, t- uh, still turned you back on the Lord. Yeah, I, I make a point of uh, making that explicitly clear to uh, any deities that might be listening okay. uh, on a daily basis. Right. You know, get up of, the mor- of a morning, have a little stretch, denounce Christ, pop downstairs and make myself a coffee. Do you know what? That's the routine. While, whilst you're speaking about deities, this is going off on a tangent. Yesterday, <laughs> my partner and I, yeah. we watched Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Where I don't know if you know, right. but Percy yeah. Jackson is the son of Poseidon, god of the seas. I didn't know that. I I, I know next to no Percy Jackson law. Right. Well, if you thought my statement about uh, tomato sauce was controversial, prepare for this, because mm-hmm. Percy Jackson is better than Harry Potter. I mean, that doesn't sound like that's a low bar to clear, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm going to watch Percy Jackson two this week. But Percy Jackson mm. and the Lightning Thief, two thumbs up, ten out of ten from me. What's what's that on? Uh, Disney Plus. Uh, we saw the trailer because wow. Percy Jackson three's coming out. I said I've never seen any of them. She said let's watch the first one. It was great. Then it was my turn to pick cool. a film, and I chose mm-hmm. Death on the Nile because I'd seen Murder on the Orient Express. Death on the Nile. Yeah. Superstar cast. Not very good. Uh, I mean, it seems like th- those 
recent Poirot films seem so unnecessary. You've got you've got the David Suchet adaptations just sitting there. The thing is, you know, I, I, iconic, I, faithful. What more do you need? Yeah, they're not in HD. Boo hoo! But get over it, guys. What I didn't like, and I, it was the same for Murder on the Orient Express. It's just like, right mm-hmm. here we go, final twenty minutes. Let's work out who the killer is, and then it's like, oh, here are all the clues that you can't possibly, as a viewer, have known. So. <laughs> I've solved it because I'm brilliant. You're not because you couldn't have possibly known this. Poirot ain't that great. If I had all those clues, I'd have worked it out. <laughs> there is... I think this is just something that's inherent to the murder mystery genre. No. That... I'll ta- I'll, here's another controversial opinion. Okay. Knives Out and right. Glass Onion are better than the two Poirot films. Better mysteries, okay. better I've written. Not, I've not... I've not watched them yet. They are high on my to-do list. I'm, I'm very keen to, to get around to them I at some think point, you but, will uh, love them. I thought both of them were great. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm very confident that I will. I like everything else that I've seen. By, yeah, Ryan Johnson, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, I like everything else I've seen from him, so I'd be surprised if I didn't. Um, and I, I like a good... I like a good murder mystery type thing anyway. But what I will say is, I think with that genre in particular, there is an extent to which when you get to the end, when you get to the final reveal, it's a bit like, oh, okay then. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It, it, Because ultimately, up until that point, you've got all of these potential solutions swirling around and there's a real thrill that comes from that. And then... Eventually, sooner or later, the writer has to say, no, it's this one. And if you're lucky, (laughs) maybe it's one that you'd half figured out. Or, as you you alluded to there, they go down the Agatha Christie route of like, well, if you'd known this, which I didn't tell you, maybe you'd have (laughs) known it was actually this. And it's just like, yeah, all right. (laughs) Okay, then. Uh, But yeah, no, I I do still like them as 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 a... type of story um but yeah uh so what about you then matt uh what, what was your egg situation uh i had a reese's peanut butter egg and i oh. ate that before good friday so then i bought myself a mintero <laughs> egg ate that easter weekend yep. and then yesterday because i hadn't seen my partner all week she brought me a galaxy egg Ooh, very nice. Made me look a real dickhead, because I didn't get her one. Did you not, Matt? No, well, it was her birthday last week, so... Like, I'd spent loads of money going to Whitby and stuff, and then we didn't see each other over the Easter weekend. Uh, And then, last night, I was too busy cooking a Thai green curry. I suppose I I gave her some after eight mints, once we'd had our meal. Goodness me, Matt. I know. For, for, such a, for such a tireless romantic, I can't believe you didn't think to fork out for an egg. I know. I know. Like, like we're joking <laughs> about it, but let's be honest, my relationship track record not been that great recently. So I've got like a <laughs> bit, of, bit of, you know, self-confidence issues. Pretty self-conscious of the fact I might not be like doing the best job. So... When she whipped that out, I was yeah. just like, oh no. Oh lordy. 
So uh, I got my partner a Linteg. Oh, very nice. So there you go. If anyone's keeping score. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, just check your relationship is still on stable ground, isn't it? That's 1-0 to David. So, yeah. I'll just write that in the notes for this week. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right. <laughs> Going back to Prog Rock, what have you been listening to this week? Oh, you know what, Matt? I've been, I've been racking my brains all week trying to think about what I'm going to talk about for this segment. The answer is I've just been bouncing around a whole lot of stuff, um, but none of it has kind of like stood out in the past week or so as being a cut above. So I'm actually going to um, cast my mind back a little bit to uh, an album that I've not listened to in... Um, so I'm just getting the, the details up so I can remember. Sorry, Matt, for having read it this. So I was sort of casting my mind back to an album that I've not actually listened to probably for about three weeks, but it was a new release from earlier this year that I hit pretty hard when it first came out, and I think we'll probably be revisiting again later in the year. Um, so the album is called The Thing That Knowledge Can't Eat uh, by a bloke called Mike Keneally, who is definitely not a household name, but, you know, he's played with the likes of uh, Frank Zappa and uh, many more besides, um, uh, but he's also a prolific solo artist. And... Uh, it's a really, really good album. I think, for me, the real highlight is either a song called uh, Lana or maybe the closing track, The Carousel of Progress. Um, if you would like something... Yeah. Accessible but offbeat, I think those are both pretty good tracks. Mm-hmm. Well, like about- you, I've been sort of jumping around a little bit. And I couldn't really mm-hmm. place what I wanted to be my song of the fortnight. So I went onto my iTunes, I hit shuffle, and whatever the first song was, I was like, right, that's what it's going to be. So this right. week, my song of the fortnight is Little Drummer Boy by Bing Crosby. <laughs> that's presumably the uh, with the David Bowie uh, counterpoint vocals. Absolutely. Yeah. Come, they told me, pa-ra-pa-pa-pa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I disqualified one. that immediately. Hit shuffle again. Oh, no. And was reminded how much I love the beautiful South. So, I'm going to say the beautiful South this week. Right. Now, I... they were from the 1990s, weren't they? Yes, they're still alive now. Yeah. Okay, are they still recording now? Uh, so, Paul Heaton, the main singer, records on his own now. Right. So, if, if you're abroad, like if you're one of our... Uh, I nearly said foreigners. If you're one of our foreigners... Uh, <laughs> I went full Nigel yeah. Farage then. Like, people he probably don't it. know the beautiful South, but, like, even their name is ironic because... The south of England is a horrible, godless place. They're, they're like Yorkshire's mm. best band. 
And all their songs are about how great Yorkshire is. I I didn't know they hailed from Yorkshire. Yeah, they're from Hull. Oh, well, there you go. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'll be honest, I know... Excuse me. I, I know next to nothing about the Beautiful South, other than the fact that I'm dimly aware that they were some sort of pop band who were active at some point in the 1990s. I couldn't name you a song. I don't know if they had any hits big enough that if you played them to me, I'd, I'd go like, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, they, they, they definitely were on that have. level. But originally, right. Paul Heaton was in a band called The House Martins. You might know them. Oh, yes, I've heard of them as well. Again, probably... Uh, I couldn't name you a track, but uh, again, probably if you if you played one uh, their biggest hits to me, I'd probably be like, oh yeah, no, I've heard that yeah. on the radio. Yeah. But. So, if you don't live in Britain and you're unaware of the beautiful South, give them a listen. It's basically songs about Any what life tracks? is. Uh, well, had a little time. That's about a divorce. So you know, again, pretty pertinent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd go song for whoever. That's a beautiful song. Mm. Um, nice yeah that's what I'd go for I don't know if I've got anything else to talk about I haven't really done anything this week no I I don't where the bloody hell are my waffles that's what I (laughs) well you know thinking about it if we've got a little bit of spare time did you want to finally drill down into the mystery that is Bernie Summerfield? Because I'd be more than happy to, to set aside a moment to, to talk about that character. I mean, what have we done? And, 25 minutes. We probably know. could. Cause we've got all, time. All we've that time, time we normally spend on what have we been doing, we've kind of... Yeah. And I have got some notes. <laughs> like, obviously, I've still got access to your yeah. Big Finish account, so... I've done a bit of a deep dive. So, should we go for it? Yeah, okay. Do you want... um, So, obviously, if for the uninitiated, Bernie Summerfield uh, was a character created by... Um, Yeah. You all right, Matt? Yeah, Waffles are here. Please get that. Give me all of two seconds. Do you... You you just continue. Right, well, I mean, to be honest, I don't. I feel like it's it's potentially a little rude to carry on without Matt present. So um, we'll just we'll hit pause on this for a minute, and uh, we'll kind of pick up when when Matt's back. That's what I would do. I hope you're doing all right, listeners. I can't. I'll be honest. I'm quite sleep deprived uh, today. I woke up at quarter to six this morning, which is not what anybody wants to do on a Sunday. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I, I, at this stage in the evening... Right, Doctor Who redacted. Whether, yeah. Let's well, get into yes. it. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Sorry, Bernie. One, we'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we haven't done listener tweets. Oh, do you, do you want to do some listener tweets? Yeah. Can you do that? I, I, write, right. I write everything down, but I write it down in initials. So I've got like M-O-T-W. Meal of the week, even though it's meal of the fortnight, and I was like, "What is LT?" Listen to tweets. <laughs> Listen to tweets. Right. So, first one, David. Bow in the presence of greatness. It's Marty McLean. We get an opportunity to play oh, the Marty that? McLean like theme tune that we haven't used in forever. 
Here we go. <laughs> Marty, Marty, Marty. Marty, 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 Marty. M-A-R-T-Y. M-A-R-T-Y. Marty, 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 Marty. Marty. Right. Mighty McLean, our Lord and Saviour, rose on the third day, says... Crinkle cut crisps or straight cut crisps? Both have their charms for me. I don't think I could I could say definitively. Um, I mean, obviously, again, being Yorkshire folk, Seabrooks need need to be mentioned mm. when we're discussing crinkle cut. Though I'm going to be honest, Matt, I don't know about you. Have have, have Seabrooks gone downhill? Yeah, they don't do all the flavours they used to do. No, and and those that they do, I feel like... I, I had a pack of cheese and onion Seabrooks the other day, and they tasted of next to nothing. And they used to be the cheesiest of be. all the cheese and onions. Yeah, 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 they used to really pack a wallop. I think, I think uh, someone's been... I don't know what's happened over there. Um, but anyway... They they used to be the kings of crinkle cut because they were so incredibly thin, mm. and then, you know, as a result of the crinkle cut process, incredibly crunchy. Um, I mean, McCoys are a very reliable crisp. Yeah, I like their cheese and onion as well. Ah, oh, they now that that is a cheese and onion with some staying power. Mm. I also like Walker's yeah. Max. I'm going to go crinkle cut, I think. Mm. Have I, you ever tried the, um, the the Walker's double crunch? Yeah. They're too much crunch. That's yeah. like eating glass. It's they horrible. Are, they are. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they do to them. It doesn't seem natural. Yeah. The they, level of crunch that, ain't potato. that they get out of those crisps. <laughs> right. To, to yeah. steal from who can convince you. What are your thoughts on Tyrrells? Yeah. And like posh crisps. Um, okay. Broadly speaking, I'm in favour. I find kettle uh, are not as good as they used to be and have gone a bit greasy mm. in recent years. They're another one um, whose crisps are like glass. You eat them, your mouth, the roof yeah. of your mouth is bleeding. <laughs> um, but yeah, broadly speaking, I'm in favour, though. Cost of living crisis. Mm. I, I don't get them anymore. You used to be, used to be, just, you know, a couple of years ago, You even in the co-op, they'd have a special offer on and you could get yourself a bag of posh crisps for a quid. Mm. Now it's like £1.75 if you're lucky. Yeah. That's Rishi's Britain and for you. I'll be honest. Yeah. I, I, you know, I like a crisp as much as the next man and the man after him put together. But I, I draw the line at £1.75 for a bag of posh crisps. Right. Do you mind if I take the lead on the next question? Go ahead. Uh, it's from James Courtney, and it says, how's the weather? Now, I've taken the opportunity to load up the Met Office website. So, uh, there's a 10% chance of precipitation. It's currently 13 degrees C, uh, which will feel like 11 degrees, given the wind chill factor outside. 
The wind is currently 9 miles per hour in a south to southeast direction, uh, though gusts can reach 16 miles an hour. Visibility is described as very good, with an overall humidity of 73%. Overnight, temperatures look like they're going to drop perhaps as low as 8 degrees, so wrap up if you're out there overnight. Thank you, Matt. There we go. I think we've think it's we've covered that. Yeah, yeah. I'll look out the window. Don't think it'll rain, but it's not nice. Yeah. Uh, next question. James Swift says, "How was your Easter?" I feel we've kind of covered that, but we haven't talked about who who we saw or or any of that side of it. So, did you go anywhere nice for Easter, Matt? Um. No, so because Civilization Six is now on Xbox Game Pass, me and my friends have really gotten into it and have been playing like till right. like midnight most nights. And then you know, there's like division within our friendship circle, and you know, enemy of the podcast Tim Riley nuked me. So I, I've just been really getting into playing some Civ this week. Yeah, fair dues. That is a time suck for sure. Yeah. Um, I saw my mum and my grandma and my brother. And I like all of those people, so that was nice. I took my dad out for his birthday. Took my mum and dad out for lunch. It was one of those where I couldn't couldn't really tell why, but my mum seemed really pissed off at me. So when we went out for lunch, I pretended I was going to the toilet, but secretly went and paid for everyone's lunch to make myself look great. (laughs) Did it work? Uh, Yeah, you you can't really argue with a free lunch, can you? (laughs) Well, I say there's no such thing. No. And they're right, I guess, in this context, because actually you were were doing it in order to curry (laughs) favour. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if that's not what my dad's birthday is all about, then what is? <laughs> well, of course. Right. Um, Next question <coughs> comes from Frank, yeah. who says, what is something you remember, but nobody else seems to? Well, that's pertinent this week, mm. isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Very much so. Uh, my, mine is one of my favourite films when I was younger is a film called Angus. And because of, like, I think licensing issues, it never got released on DVD. So I used to rent it all the time from Blockbuster. And I think I maybe even had it recorded off the telly. But, uh, yeah, you just can't watch it anywhere. I think a couple of Christmases ago, I bought my brother, like, a dodgy Japanese import recording VCD, not Mm. even DVD. Um yeah. Well, I've, I've never heard of it, so tell me a little bit about Angus. What is it? Uh, so it's about a boy in high school who is very, very clever, but because he's quite fat, he's not accepted by his peers, and it's nearly prom time, and his mum's a lesbian, I think, but that might just be in the book, not the film. I've even bought a copy of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about... His granddad gets married to a woman who's a lot younger. And it's just about how young people, like, you know, misinterpret the world, I think. It's really, it's really fucking so it's like good. One of... Like, I sometimes watch clips of it on YouTube. Yeah. It's a really good film. So is it 
Is it British? No, yeah. it's American. Oh. It's American. Weird. Yeah. Uh, it's got the girl oh, out yeah, of Jurassic I mean, Park in I've it. I've never heard of it. It's got James right. Vanderbeek from Dawson's Creek in it. Um, it's got the Shermanator out of American Pie in it. It's got loads of. It's got Kathy Bates in it. That's how good the cast is. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. not many people have ever heard of it, other than me and my brothers, I think. Yeah. I'm just gonna make sure I've got the the name of 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 my nomination right because I keep misremembering it and then I have to Google it and uh, double check. Uh, but it is so obscure. Okay, hang on. Also, milk roll. Whatever happened to milk roll? Oh, you can still get it. My <laughs> partner gets it sometimes. All right. Black market milk roll. I'll have to get some sometime. Um, no, it's not. It's not coming up with the right thing. Hang on, I want to get the the title of mine right. So bear with me one moment, Matt. Whilst I do some very quick. Yeah. Um, I'll keep thinking. What do I remember? Um, I've nearly got it. One second. There it is. No, I was right. I was. I should have just said it because I was right first time. Okay. So my nomination for this is uh, a CITV children's series um, called Whale of the Banshee. Okay. Does that ring any bells with you, Matt? Uh, it's kind of. Let me let me Google it. So it is. It is. Uh, it was a seven-part fantasy drama series, broadcast in nineteen ninety-two. So I would have been six years old at the time. I was seven. Um, you, you cannot find it anywhere. The only thing I've been able to find is a trailer. Um, as part of a sort of general VHS trimmings dump on YouTube, um, it's 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 very much in that sort of pocket of completely lost media, because it was a kids show, so nobody cares about it. It was cheap, not particularly successful, a one off. Mm. Nobody's going to buy it on DVD, and therefore it might as well have just been wiped off the face of the earth. Yeah, when I've Googled it, it's largely come up with uh, the Magic the Gathering card called Banshee's Whale. Yeah. There don't um, seem to be any pictures. Would you like to hear the the plot summary from Wikipedia? Uh, Yeah. Which is the most information I've been able to glean about it thus far. So, it says, Centuries ago, an alien race known as the Lamia arrived on Earth who viewed humanity as test subjects. The literal translation of their name for humans is lab rats. They were named Banshee because of the sound their spacecraft made. When hovering, they emit a low throbbing sound akin to ban, ban, ban. And when they take off, they emit a sound like a she. Hence the name Banshee. The Lamia has an ability which involves them emitting ultra-high frequency sound from their throats, which disorients and hurts any humans who hear it, allowing them to be taken on board the ships without resistance for experimentation. It is for this reason that the Whale of the Banshee is associated with death. They very much started with the title and worked backwards, didn't they? And then, I, that, that's reminded me of something else that I remember that no one else seems yeah. to. And I can't remember its title, and I'm certain it was on Channel 4. 
And right. I'm certain it was meant to be like a children's program, but it maybe wasn't. Yeah. And it was about a boy who I think he had like a stuffed toy of a dragon that sometimes came to life and spoke to him. But his dad was yeah. a sculptor that was building a big dragon that he was scared of. And at the right. end, the big sculpture dragon, it was about this boy being brave and overcoming it, but I can't remember what that was called. Mm. Yeah, there's so much of that ephemera from the early 1990s. Mm. I mean, like the only thing I was going to say about Whale of the Banshee is I remember almost nothing about it other than the fact that it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Like, it really freaked me out. I remember as well, this is, this is going way back, so I've mentioned it a few times. Yeah. My first job was I used to be a milkman. So I used to get up at three in the morning to go to work. Um, yeah. And you used to get all sorts on TV that would never be shown. So there was like, there was a quiz show that was called Naked Elvis, just where the host was just Elvis Presley, but he was naked. Shit like that. Um, <laughs> but that, that genuinely sounds like something from Charlie Brooker's TV Go Home. Uh, it, it was. But... At one point, Channel 4 did, like, an anime season where they showed, like, Akira and Ghost in the Shell and all the big ones. And there was Mm. one I caught the tail end of because I just happened to be up at three in the morning. And I think it was called Shadow Soul or something. And I remember watching it and I I stuck a video in and I was like, right, I'll just record the end of that because that's great. And then I watched it a few times and taped over it. And I've ne- there's no existence of it on the internet to the point where I've even gone mm. back through like television archive websites trying to find the listings of what was on on certain days when it was the Channel 4 anime season and just can't find it anywhere. Okay, well... Th- yeah, it's, it's, it's really weird, isn't it, to think... Because but- now... You just wouldn't have this problem. Yeah. You know, it, it that, that, that that is a problem that the streaming age has just completely eradicated from everyone's lives. This idea that, that TV could just kind of fall through your fingers like grains of sand. Um, mm. And, I, I mean, obviously, it's especially pertinent from a Doctor Who fan's perspective because, you know... There are 97 episodes of it to this day. Now that I've looked, apparently that film Angus, you can like rent on Amazon and Apple TV. But it seems to be only in America. Ah, so it's it's available now. Uh, If it turns out you can like watch it, um, I'll be like, I'll watch that tonight. Normally when I type it into Amazon, it comes up with like Angus thongs and perfect snogging. Although, mm-hmm. I might use a VPN, pretend I'm in America and watch that tonight. There we go, that'll do. Yeah, right, should we have the next it's question? It's not an insurmountable problem, is it? Yeah, we'd better crack on. Right, I think this might be a first-time tweeter. Orinoco McGee. Ooh. Let, me, let me have a look. Uh, uh, don't think they follow us. Might just have been a, just a random one. What's your favourite biscuit? Oh... I mean, it's so hard to narrow it down to just one, isn't it? I think, mm. okay. Um, obviously, I'd rather that, that nobody did hold a gun to my head, but if they did, um, 
I, I guess I would say chocolate hobnob. Funny, I, I was going to say that. Mine's either chocolate hobnobs, Tim Tams or penguins. Mm. There we go. Yeah. A, dis- I mean, a no, disappointed you grunt you from you there. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I don't know what, what, more, what more to say. I mean, pe- penguins are good. I hear Tim Tams are better. I've, I've yet to experience yeah. one. Right. On that note, I'm going to bring forward this message from the podcast god that is Mark Cochran, the nicest man in podcasting, who says, do you agree that dunking biscuits into tea is sacrilege? Absolutely not. That is, that is what both biscuits and tea are made for. See, I don't like dunking in tea. A dunking coffee, but I like the taste of tea just as is. And I think we've mentioned this before. Oh, no. I... Yeah, go on. I, I, rather than dunk, I like to take a bite of biscuit, sip of tea, get them both in my gob in the old cement mixer, swish it round, swallow mm. it whole. Yeah, you see, that's going too far, if you ask me. Uh, uh, I will say, uh, Little Zorbs, he's not on board with tea yet, but he does like to dunk his biscuits in my tea. Uh, I thought you were going to say he doesn't like tea yet, but the boy loves a black coffee. (laughs) He can't function without his morning brown. (laughs) Uh, if 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 you'd spent the day with Little Zorbs as we have... You would know that is a child that does not need coffee. <laughs> right. Uh, the boys at Who Can Convince You say, well, I think this was Harry, actually. I'm in London. Do I use the tube or the bus? Tube. Yeah. It's somewhat a bit yeah. different. You, you can go on a bus anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. Also, uh, the tube map is... One of the greatest triumphs of graphic design of all time. And it deserves to be admired and used. Yeah. Plus, less people piss on the seats on the tube. Yeah. Right. Uh, Back to Mark Cochran. Simply says, do you know the way to San Jose? Uh, Genuinely, I don't. I think it broadly speaking, it's it's west, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> from here yeah. yeah yeah it's it's when you get down to the specifics uh yeah. that i would like I, I couldn't tell you what state it's in yeah it's in texas is it yeah i'm certain well, there you is. go didn't know that yeah mark go west if you've hit california you've gone too far yeah as the pet shop boys say go west right yes. um who else have we got We've just got a message from the boys. It'll be Rob from the Cloister Bell. Now, obviously, I don't think you know Rob as well as I do, David. But no, not as not as well. No. I'd I'd describe him as a food deviant. <laughs> he's he's a man who buys his cheese in a tin. <laughs> so he's just a complete maverick. Yeah. Once, when I was speaking to him, he had a bottle of wine that was described as jammy. Who drinks jammy wine? 
He gets nachos at the cinema. He's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> okay. I bet I bet he eats more spam than I do. It's possible. Uh, but his question is just simply, what are your thoughts on crisp sandwiches? Uh, yes, uh, as a special treat. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what... I, sh- what what do you if you're making a crisp sandwich, Matt? Yeah. Will you accompany the crisps with anything? And if so, what kind of other fillings are you throwing it, in it's there? It's more that I'll have a sandwich and maybe a side of crisps, and I'll just chuck them all in. Right. Like okay. I like so I like a spur of the moment. A, a nice ham sandwich. Chuck some cheese and onion in there. It's a winner. Mm. Right. You see, I've got a very specific combination that I can recommend to people. Oh, here we go. Cream cheese and frazzles. Let me just... Just stick with me for one second. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Cream cheese and frazzles. Now, they were two ingredients in the sandwich from last year's Weirly Big Quiz. Oh, they were, yeah. So... When yeah. you say, oh, I really like it, I've got a specific combination, what you actually mean is you like your frazzles and cream cheese served with veggie ham, Branston pickles, tunnocks wafer, tuna mayo, Frank's hot sauce, HP sauce, cucumber sandwich, Nutella, camembert, diced spring onions, Haribo star mix, custard, fish fingers, coleslaw, hummus, gherkins, one fried egg, and raspberry jam. <laughs> Oh, that that you you brought all that trauma right back up to the See, surface. In, in the spirit of Doctor Who Redacted, we we're, we're doing all the callbacks to old episodes. <laughs> we are we right. Are. Last tweet this week comes from Sonia, who simply says, "What's the best big breakfast meal?" I mean, it's it's a full English, isn't it? I think. I, I, I was going to manipulate this question, David, because the answer is mm-hmm. a full English. So if you were going yeah. to the little cafe in Tesco where you get a five-item yeah. breakfast and you can have anything that constitutes a full English, which five items are you picking? Okay, I'm going to assume that they've got decent plant-based alternatives to the meaty stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah, so you can have okay. like meat-free tomatoes and mushrooms if you want them Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah good good um okay so i would be prioritizing the following it might sound boring but toast absolutely 100 percent toast on that plate that you know we've 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 fallen at the first hurdle if there's no toast there Mm. um sausages Mm -hmm. i would say if only because I find veggie sausages are more reliable than veggie bacon. Veggie bacon can be good, but it's hit and miss. And if I'm going out somewhere and I don't know what specific brand they're using, I'm not taking a risk on it. I had veggie bacon this breakfast. I continue to champion it over meat-based bre- bacon. Really? You stick that son of a bitch in the air fryer. It crisps up like there's no tomorrow. Oh, I bet. I bet. Does sound good. Right. Sorry um, to interrupt. That's all right. Um, are there multiple egg preparations available? There are all the egg preparations. 
Mm. You going for a poachy? My, my my default is poached, but you know sometimes I find if you're doing a full English, just a nice heap of scrambled eggs is very good. Ah, see, because it. it's because it's easier to combine with everything else. See, I think if I was, I, I too prefer a poachy, but I'd go fried over scrambled. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think so. Yeah. Um, I can see that. Um, but no, I'm going to stick with scrambled on this occasion. So I'm going toast, sausages, scrambled egg, uh, tomato. See, this is uh, where our paths divert because tomato can just get in the <laughs> bin. There's nothing worse. If you get one of the Morrison's breakfast and it's just got half yeah. a fucking beef eater on the side of the plate, like, get in the bin. <laughs> who, who, who? You see. I think I've spoken to Mark about this, where he's like rubbing his hands right. like, oh, get me a little bit of plum tomato. No. <laughs> I love a fried tomato, but I'm not a mushroom man. So. See, I, do, know, I don't really I, I, care for mushrooms other than on a full English. Like, they wouldn't be in my top right. five, yeah. but. If I wanted, if I if they were there, I'd eat them. But like, I hate massive flat cap mushrooms that make me feel sick. Mm. So I've got uh, I've got one space left. You have. So if this is if this is a dream scenario and they've got it available, vegetarian black pudding. Yeah. Cause they have. Which they've you got can everything. get sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Then that's what I'm going with. That see, completes the set. See, for me, I'd go toast, sausage, but instead of sausage, I'm going to go Scottish on this. I'm going to go all the way with my adventure in space and time. Oh. And I'm going to have beef lawn going, like, sausage. L- lawn sausage. Yeah, yeah, square sausage. So, yeah, I'm going to go uh, lawn. I had... I... I, we went. We we were on a campsite in Scotland a couple of years ago, and they had a really nice cafe there. And they do you a vegetarian uh, lawn sausage in a bap, and it oh, was. Yeah. And this this bap, this bap, Matt, was, je- no word of a lie, the circumference of my face. Ah, uh, see, <laughs> it it was a big boy. The other day, I, I went to B and Q to get some bits. And I went super early. Yeah. And I thought, whilst I'm out, I'm going to treat myself. I'll have breakfast out. And I, I went to yeah. a restaurant. I'm unfamiliar with this. It's the Hungry Horse, but not the one at Catrick near the cinema. It, it was the one in York. And they do. It's called Breakfast yeah. in Bread, where it's a whole loaf of bread hollowed out with a full English inside <laughs> it. And I was so tempted, David, but I thought... It costs the best part of a tenner, and I, I, I just can't. You're not, you're not getting through it. No. no. So instead, I got their tostada burger, which is like a breakfast burger, yeah. but it's got like hot sauce. And I won't lie, David, it gave me the shits. Anyway, moving on. I, I, <laughs> I'd go. Honestly, the service in there was woeful. And the food gave me the shit. So if you're thinking of going to the Flying Legends pub, it's at Clifton Moor in York, near the big cinema. 
Near the big Tesco, actually. Yeah. Big Tesco, York. Don't. Okay. Um, I'd go fried egg over scrambled. I'd... Yeah. I'd go... I think I'd probably go bacon over tomato. But I'd go veggie bacon. And I'd go black okay. pudding. Because I, I was thinking about this. And the, for me, I know we said, like, toast has got to be there. But for me, it's got to have some form of egg in it as well. Because initially, yeah, my definitely. first thought, I just went straight. I was like, it's eggs Benedict, obviously. But no, it's not. No, because the question was specifically big breakfast. Yeah. And if you're doing big breakfast, it's full English. That's that's that's, that's yeah. all there is to it. Right, okay. Um, what what about like well, pancakes spent... and bacon? Give me my maple syrup. That's my American impersonation. That's what Sonia's had this morning. <laughs> Blueberry so pancakes convincing. and maple syrup. And a cup of joe. <laughs> Yeah, don't. I, it's too much. I can't do pudding for breakfast. No, not no. unless it's a very special occasion. Sometimes, if I have like late breakfast, like brunch into lunch, I might have like sweet mm. waffles, like I've got now. But on, yeah, only once in a blue moon. How are those waffles, by the way? Uh, absolutely divine. I've gone for blueberries Good. and bananas. I'm so pleased. Mm-hmm. And yeah, top draw, I would say. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, right, we've done nearly a whole hour, the majority of which has been food chat. Yeah. Is it time for us to finally talk about Doctor Who Redacted? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has consumed almost yeah. my entire week. Yeah, it's it's a t- it was a ten episode series, hmm. so we're talking the best part of five hours each. Yeah. We've had to sink into this this week. Yeah, now so with it being audio drama, I've listened to chat. most of it in the car, so I haven't made extensive yeah. notes like I normally would. No, I I think what we're gonna do is do some initial. Put, uh, like thoughts where we're talking around the edges of it a bit in case any of our listeners haven't yet um, done a deep dive and, and listened to the whole thing and then we'll get into spoiler territory and we'll just I think be fairly loosey-goosey with it this week listeners so uh, we'll, you can probably stay tuned in for the first part of this but we will warn you when we're going to go into spoiler territory and if you haven't listened to it I would recommend, unless you really don't like audio drama or really don't like, um, I guess, modern Doctor Who, in which case, why why are you listening to this? I would say it's probably worth your time. Would you agree with that, Matt? Uh, that, like, if you are a Doctor Who fan, this is worth Yeah, like, I, to, I, to I would say, rather than simply saying it's worth your time, I, I had a good time with this. Like, I, I, good, I quite good. enjoyed it. Um, I think... I think the more I listened, the less enthused I became. You know, I thought mm-hmm. it was a really strong I, setup. I think certainly in the middle, there's a bit of a lull where just stuff happens. But I, yeah, I would I say would, this I, is I had strong. very much the same experience. You know, I, yeah. I, I think of... 
the audio dramas we've listened to. I think I'd probably say the Christmas one we did about the sad house is probably yeah. better. But I think yeah. that might be it. I think this... It, look, I, I listened to those Lady it's up there. Christina or whatever. The, yeah, Adventures. This is mm. better than them. <laughs> I've had a very different big day. finish experience to a lot of people, haven't I? A lot of people yeah, listen I'd to the Doctor so. Who. I've gone straight to fucking Bernie Summerfield. <laughs> We're going to have to tackle that next week. Um, we can't do this forever. No, actually, it's... It, it's worth mentioning, <laughs> Big Finish's first ever release was Bernie Summerfield, because they used to not have the licence for Doctor Who, but they did have the licence for Bernie Summerfield. Well, there you go. In fact, I think I've got that in so, my notes uh, for next time. Yeah. Uh, but a- anyway... But yeah, um, I, I, I liked yeah. this. I, I can't say I, I, I disliked it. There were times I was perhaps a bit... Not bored, but... It didn't grasp me as much as other parts, but yeah, I'd say this was pretty strong. It's, yeah, it's it's definitely it's not perfect. What I would I would say is, um, in terms of end result, I give it a solid seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah. But my but my enthusiasm for it is is more like an eight eight point five, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. because it is so refreshing. That's the word that I keep coming back to with this. Is I felt it was a really um, after after you know several years of Chibnall era who, which I will defend, uh, adamantly if need be, but I think was guilty at times of coming across a little stodgy. <laughs> this this is not that. This feels breezy. The, and youthful the in a very intentional way. I thought about this, probably from yeah. episode one, is it, it's got real people in it. The people talk how normal people talk. Instead of... If, yes. All I yeah. kept thinking about was Graham, who's like, me, Doctor, when can I have my cheese sandwich? Where's the toilet? And I'm like... In Chibnall's, all, they were all like caricatures. Whereas this was just normal either, either caricatures people. or just uh, either caricatures or just like stick figures. Yeah, with, with no detail whatsoever. You, you know, like Ryan, who who is like who has barely any characterization across two series. Bless him. Like, I'm, I, um, I, I don't want to sound like we're God's gift to podcasting, okay? That's for the listener to decide, yeah. not us. But, like, <laughs> yeah. they, it, it, they spoke like people on podcasts speak. You know, obviously, we talked last week, yes. I do listen yeah. and consume a lot of podcasts. And I don't know if yeah. you've ever seen... There's a TV show where Zach Braff is a podcaster. And oh my god, it's woeful. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, this just sounded like it, real friends having real conversations. It It is really hard. Speaking as someone who has, at times, done a bit of writing and a bit of acting, it is really challenging to both write and perform 
dialogue that is meant to be natural off the cuff speaking and make that convincing. Mm-hmm. And obviously podcasts is are for the most part one of the most off the cuff formats out there. And so yeah, massive credit to both the writers and the core cast of this for managing to make those podcast segments for the most part really ring true. Like there will be occasional touches here and there where I'm just be like oh, if they'd had more time, maybe a second take of that would have sounded like 10% more natural. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it didn't like take me out of it. it, it they, they, they managed to... You could tell this was written and performed by people who actually understood what a podcast is. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. Know? Um, which is a very good start to things. And the other thing I wanted to say was, I, uh, up top... I feel like, I could be wrong about this, but I feel like, for all the fact that this is essentially an artefact of the Chibnall Whittaker era, this to me is almost, I think, our strongest indication of what Doctor Who will be like when Russell T. Davis returns. Mm -hmm. In that RTD is someone who is always always paying attention to current cultural trends and he was very much playing into cultural trends when he brought the show back in 2005 and he is aware that we aren't in 2005 anymore so he can't bring that version of doctor who back yeah um that's it like it feel, we, the whole thing felt talked. very rtd inspired we, we've talked a lot about Doctor Who and its representation. And I think you hit yeah. the nail on the head there. It feels just recently like its, repu- its representation had maybe fallen behind a little bit. You know, like mm-hmm. we did Rosa Parks and it was like, racism's bad, isn't it? And then we got like, oh, Yaz is yeah. gay, but that's okay. And actually like, yeah, 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 but those yeah, aren't. Yeah, those aren't gay, but we're barely going to acknowledge it. Yeah, but those aren't like. I think everybody accepts those to be truths nowadays. Racism is bad. It is okay yeah. to be a homosexual. Whereas this is sort of dealing with more modern issues that probably some people listening don't hold as truths. Mm. Or certainly yeah, maybe so. lack education I, I... on. I, I think I think the thing is, Chibnall's approach to representation and diversity is a little bit old school in that it is extremely earnest and well-meaning and well-intentioned, but it comes across at times as a little bit patriarchal and just like, ah, let's make sure we have one of those in here now, mm. plonk. Yeah. And then it goes. Where whereas this this it, what true true representation and powerful representation in media is is showing us specific examples of people whose lived experience is different to your own. And the way you do that is not by making them stand-ins for entire groups of people but making them well-rounded, individual, believable characters. 
who can then bring those experiences to life for people. And I think that's something that this series did exceptionally well. See, one thing... I think that, that was its strongest element. One thing that annoyed me was... Yeah. I wish we stole their idea for a podcast. Instead of us just sitting down and reviewing it, we should have pretended we'd lived the episodes of Doctor Who. <laughs> We, we should have said, you know, I went out for a coffee in central London and would you believe it, the mannequins came to life. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it, I thought it was good. I liked yes. that premise where, you know. Yeah. Because that is how people would address this sort of mystery. You know, we got Clive in his garden shed. And, you know, we got Linda yeah, meeting yeah. in the local library. But again, even though those are yeah, relatively very... recent episodes, that isn't how young people today would address it. No, it's it's the same. It's the same sort of mindset. You know, the the uh, amateur sleuth, the conspiracy theorist kind of impulse, if you like, that's a hobby that has manifested and endured in many ways over the years. But, yeah, in 2023, you don't, you don't put up a shunky old GeoCities website. You make a podcast with your mates yep. about it. Um, or, you, or you get on YouTube or um, TikTok or, 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 you know. And, uh, yeah, so, so, like... It, it does feel like, and maybe this means that in 10 years' time, it will seem incredibly dated, like more so than something a little more timeless. Um, but, you know, Doctor Who, I think, at its best, it always is a reflection of the time in which it's being made. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I appreciated it for really attempting to do that here uh but yeah what i would say to people who if you haven't listened to it yet don't do what we did don't don't binge it no because <laughs> it definitely gets a little saggy in the middle and, and probably a couple of days is fine yeah yeah well that yeah. was it i i wanted to make sure i did tackle it so i think i listened to the first four in one day yeah and then worked out I could listen to one or two every consecutive day. And then I listened yeah. to the last one this evening because I wanted it to be as fresh as possible. Awesome. So with that being the case, shall we start to g drill down into the specifics? Mm -hmm. So listeners, if you've not listened to it yet, probably now is the time to pause this podcast. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure even if you're an international listener that this is still accessible either via... I don't know whether it's got a podcast feed that shows up on other podcatchers or whether you have to go to BBC Sounds, but anyway, I, I'm pretty sure it's available wherever you are in the world. Yeah, so it was BBC Sounds that Give I it used. a listen. Yeah, give it a listen, then then come back if you are so inclined. Or just don't... But maybe you don't care about our thoughts. Maybe you were here for the food chat and you've been sated and can move on with your life. <laughs> In which case, we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Right. Okay, then, Matt. Um, so, 
I don't know how you want to tackle this. Just, this is 10 episodes. We're not going to be going beat for beat on this. I don't know whether... I was thinking maybe we could look more in terms of certain characters and certain aspects and... Yeah. Let's look do at it, it from that, that approach. Okay, so let's start then with our three... Um, our three main characters. Mm-hmm. Uh namely Cleo, Abby and Shauna. So these are the hosts of the Blue Box Files podcast. Um, what did you make of them? You know, both the performances and also the writing of those characters. Uh, yeah, I, I thought all three were, were strong. I think, obviously, as the story mm. progresses, Abby and Shauna are kind of pushed into the background a little bit in the later episodes. I think so. Essentially, if if this show has a single protagonist, it's it's definitely clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I've already said, you know, I thought the performances were strong. It it felt like real people, real relationships. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, so I can't ob- fault it. Obviously, yeah. Uh, so obviously, you know, with Cleo, we have. Um, uh, I'm trying to think, you know, with with Doctor Who, there's always ifs, buts and exceptions and all of that. But this to me feels like the first time that we have had a, a really solid example of uh, a trans uh, character in Doctor Who. Yeah, I think it's, it's certainly had, the first we've had, time we've had a proud trans character, you know, when... Yeah. If you think if you think back to where we had the the master Missy conundrum, where people were like, "Oh my god," and you know they kind of brushed it aside and just went, "Yeah, I'm Missy now," and I know that's not I I know that's comparing chalk to cheese, but you know exactly yeah yeah you've you've got you've got that you've got a throwaway line in the end of the world I don't know if you even remember but but Lady Cassandra in that is it Cassandra oh who is it. Is that who I'm thinking of? Yeah. You know, the the trampoline lady. Yeah. Is that, yeah. That's lady right Christine is the yeah. one I really like. Lady Cassandra's the trampoline. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So um, there's a throwaway line in that where she says, when I used to be a little boy. And so that means you could potentially read that character as trans. But obviously, that's not... I don't think anyone would be pointing to that as good trans representation. <laughs> no. Doctor no. Who. Um, but here we have... Yeah, someone who is, I think, a very real reflection of um, what it's like to be a out trans person uh, in the UK in 2023. Mm-hmm. Or, or was it 2022 when this was released? But but yeah, so immediately, that's a very powerful thing. And we've also got, we've got trans writers um, in, involved in the writing and, and production of this show as well. And that shines through that when you get references to the harsh realities of that, you know, whether it's being rejected by close family members, you know, fearing for your own safety anytime you use a public's toilet, things like that um, really hit home in a in quite a powerful way, I thought. Um, and I, and also I think it helps that, uh, um, 
I forget the name of uh, the person who uh, plays Cleo. Uh, it but, was... It's Charlie something. I did have TARDIS yeah. Wiki are open. Hold on. Yeah. I mean, she is fantastic in, in this. Um, so... Yeah, I, I um, I, I don't really. I, I can't really fault Cleo as a character. Charlie Craggs, sorry. Charlie Craggs, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, she's a, she effectively carries this show. Yeah. For the yeah. most part. Um. So, a- Abby and Sean. So, so, uh, Abby's an interesting one for me because. I would say Abby is probably my favourite of the three, but she has by far the worst storyline. She, it's been a few days. Is she the one that goes to work for uni for a bit? <coughs> she is. So yeah. she's the the, the Glas, Glaswegian one right, who, yeah. who works works for unit. She's a carer for her mum, yes. which gets referenced repeatedly until it's suddenly not a problem at all. And then that just gets dropped and never addressed again. Um, which was frustrating because, again, yeah, loads of young people are carers for their, for their parents and that's a really important thing, but it doesn't... It's, it's important until, it's, until it gets in the way of the plot and then it just gets brushed under the carpet, mm-hmm. which frustrated me. Um, and... Uh, I, I'm trying to think how how to say this um, without coming across as diminishing what's being addressed. So there are occasional allusions and references to her boyfriend throughout this series, and the general consensus seems to be he's a bit of a waste of space and maybe a bit controlling. Yeah. So he and, he doesn't agree with the fact that no, she is a carer and prioritizes that over yeah. him. Yeah. But I think it's really telling that he is, you know, he is only ever alluded to. We don't ever get his own words, his own voice at any part in this story. He is not a part of this. He is only there to be an obstacle for Shaula's affections for Abby. And that stuck in my craw a little bit because, I, you know, we we get short. We both we mostly only get Shauna's assessment of uh, of Craig's relationship with Abby. And let's be honest, Shauna is not an unbiased observer in all of this. Mm-hmm. She has her own motivations and interests and reasons for talking down. Uh, Abby's current boyfriend and part of me almost wonders like what if we actually got Craig's perspective on this is he as bad as Shauna thinks he is we'll never know because he's he's not he's not given a role in this story um but it kind of bothered me that kind that the kind of resolution for that whole love triangle thing is basically uh Abby's current boyfriend is never seen or heard from directly, is continually talked down by Shauna, um, who is 
openly and aggressively obsessive around Abby. Yeah. Um, and then she she still, you know, they get together at the end and it's meant to be this wonderful romantic moment. To me, it almost felt like... Look, this argument only gets you so far, right? Because th- there are limitations to, to, to like, oh, what if, what if it was a man? But genuinely, take a f- think for a moment. What if Shauna was a man in this scenario, and he's constantly harping on about her current boy- boyfriend is useless, and she should dump him and go out w- uh, without with him instead? And I don't know. I don't know whether that would read as romantic as we're meant to think it is in this show. Yeah. But I also don't think it would fit with the tone that's set in this story. Yeah. I I don't know. Like, like that to me, it, it struck me as inelegant. I, I, I fully recognised what they were trying to do with that whole storyline, but I feel like they kind of fumbled a little bit with it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, just rant about that and, and as though that, that killed the whole thing for me because it didn't. Right. But, um, <coughs> if, yeah. Whilst we're talking characters, if we get deep into spoilers... Yeah. A lot of cameos, yeah. isn't there? <laughs> oh, there are a lot of cameos. You know, I, uh, I, I didn't of... know that. I, I thought, oh, probably at the end yeah. we'll get a couple of lines from Jodie Whittaker and we'll be on our way. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, episode one ends with the introduction of Rani. Yep. I'm glad that we're tackling this now because we thought about doing it a while ago, but I'm glad we're doing it now having seen Series 2 of Sarah Jane Adventures and having some context for Rani as a character. Yeah. So that's nice. Yeah. That's it. And thankfully it didn't spoil Sarah Jane Adventures where it was like, oh, once I'd been travelling with the Doctor and saved the world, I was like, it it was good. Good use of that character. At the end of the day, at, at the end of the day, uh, we we know at this point in Sarah Jane Adventures that Riley wants to be uh, a journalist, and lo and behold, a few years on, she's managing to work as a journalist. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> you know that doesn't count as a spoiler, as far as I'm concerned. And then I I hadn't thought of this till just now. Am I right in th- yeah. saying that all the cameos, whilst we talked about representation, are all female characters? Because we have Kate Stewart and Osgood, um, we have Madame Vastra. Do we have any male characters? Yes, we have the the bloke that was being interviewed for news reports uh, in Smith and Jones. All oh, right, well, does that real hark back to him? Yeah, yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure it's the same actor playing that character. Right. Right, that that was that was too deep a cut for me. Yeah, a similarly deep one was the journalist from uh, Partners in Crime. Okay. You know the 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 woman who's also investigating adipose. Yes. Who yeah. gets who's sort of treading on the toes of the doctors' investigations and vice versa. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm pretty sure, again, they got the same actor in for that. I'm, I'm very disappointed that they didn't get Leif McIntosh in for Madame Vastra, though. Okay, was that somebody... Because... Was it a sound-alike? It was... Yeah, it was... Well, it wasn't a sound-alike. Well, no. It was Dune McKeon. Who is a name that hopefully rings a bell with you, Matt? Um, you know... It will when you jog my memory. Sh- uh, so she was uh, a core cast member of On the Air of the Day Today. I'm pretty sure she was a cast member of Drop the Dead Donkey as well. Okay, right, uh, right. More recently... She plays uh, Toast's agent in Toast of London. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So, yeah, that's who they got into playing Madame Vastra, which on paper, I'm like, yeah, that's good alternate casting. But her performance as Madame Vastra is really weird. Mm. I, I, to the point where it makes me think, did they not tell her that she's an established character? And like tell her to maybe go and watch a couple of scenes of uh, <laughs> that it. character. But that's it, what's what she does, she just goes for it, does her own spin on it, but it doesn't come across as Madame Vastra to me, and that that really took me out of those scenes, it must be said. And it's weird because it's like Neve McIntosh plays Madame Vastra all the freaking time for Big Finish. Mm-hmm. So I can only assume it was a scheduling conflict. Right, okay. That she was like doing some TV thing on the three days that they needed her to record for this. Um, I can't think what else it would have been. So yeah, that was a weird one. But then, I mean, I I love Madame Vastra as a character, but yeah. See, I I say there was no male guest stars. My favourite character was the guy from Unit that was just didn't reveal he was from Unit. He was just like, "Do what I say, or I'll shoot you." And then at the end, Osgood just kind of comes in and goes, no, sorry, sorry about him. He's, he's been sacked. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I think this show handles unit really badly. Ah, uh, 100%. I don't recall them ever locking someone in a room until they do what they've been told. Yeah, with no explanation. And, like, that's just bad bad interrogation tactics. Yeah. And also, they interrogate them, they they openly admit that they don't have a freaking clue what's going on, and then they hire one of them. Yeah. <laughs> In the space of 24 hours. Yeah. It's, that uh... whole storyline, just, it it honestly feels like the show's just, just playing for time across that. And also, I'm not a fan of through Abby's decision to join Unit there, that becomes this uh, point of, like, betrayal for the other two. That felt like really weird, cheap drama. Like, she's not... She's not, like... She's not literally joined the enemy, has she? No, but they... Yeah, they do use the like phrase, you've turned a good your back job on us. Yeah. Yeah, that so that felt really weird to me, that whole section, if I'm being honest. And, you know, it pains me to say that because I love me some Osgood, as we all know. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I didn't... I felt like it's not until they reintroduce Abby after she's been sort of off-screen, if you like, for an episode or two, 
that the show kind of gets back on the rails a bit and uh, mostly sticks the landing. Uh, so I, I'll tell you what we haven't talked about really is the whole, the central plot thread of the people going missing and um, to me it felt very much sort of who by numbers if you like. Yeah, but it, I think if I was being critical, I think the plot's the weakest bit because yeah, definitely. It, it zigs and zags and it's up and it's down. And it, like I say, you could skip probably the middle four or five episodes and you haven't lost anything because at the end, the doctor just no, turns really. up, explains everything, solves everything, then leaves. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, Because I think they they, they start with, oh, it could be linked to adipose. Oh, it could be linked to unit. Then it's linked to, I forget what it's called, this other company, group, whatever. And then it's ghosts. Then it's this. And at the end, the doctor just goes, oh, no, just on one of my adventures, picked up a virus. Hmm. Yeah, it's. It is a bit odd that, um, but yeah, I I mean for me, it it almost felt like a bit of Doctor Who roulette because there were so many throughout it. I was thinking, oh, this bit reminds me a little bit of Blink. This reminds me a little bit of Turn Left. Oh yeah, this there's Weeping Angels in it, isn't there? John. And there's the guy from Blink. Oh yeah, he's the guest, isn't he? He gets yeah, he's in it. Time. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I just felt like there were all of these kind of flashes of obvious points of inspiration from other Doctor Who stories, um, which is absolutely fine. But uh, the the end result, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm, this is not a, a thought that is forming properly in my brain. I guess. It's it's hard to do a contemporary Earth-based Doctor Who story without it feeling like a little bit of a rehash because your options are either invasion, right, or you like some sort of alien invasion storyline or some sort of dodgy space technology storyline uh, or a, a, a mashup of those two. Which is what we get here. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think there are that many variations you can do on it. No, but it, um, I think the whole series felt a little bit like a pilot. You know, a first season. Yeah. Just feeling out what they can do. I know that there is a second series yeah. apparently coming, which I think will be stronger for that. Yeah, though um, I don't know if you have heard, there is a little bit of controversy about that because the the director and producer, the person who originally pitched it to the BBC, mm-hmm. has just been sort of unceremoniously dumped from the project. Yeah, I'd read about and, that. It's Ella Watts, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and they've they've uh, dumped her in favour of a middle aged bloke. Yeah. 
namely James Goss, who I bear no ill will as, you know, someone who has been around the, the, the world, the extended world of Doctor Who for a very long time and is, I think, basically, you know, a good egg. It's not his fault that he's been offered a job. Um, but it's not a good look for the BBC, I don't think, to um, t- have this very queer and female-centric spin-off series and just drop the queer female creator of that series in favour of a uh, cis-straight white man. (laughs) (laughs) You know? It's a bit of a blunder. You know, optics-wise, that's a bit of a blunder, I would say. Um, But... End result, if it's if it's a good show and it's entertaining and it builds well on what worked in this first series, I'll be happy. Because um, I think there is a lot of promise here and I and I hope that, that it, they can find a way forward with it. It's, it's tricky because it's like... Without fundamentally changing the premise, I don't know what more you can do with it. Well... Do you know what I mean? Yeah... Because they, you know, they solved this problem. They can't do everyone's disappearing and they can't access the Doctor again. Um, but obviously you don't want it to be a Doctor-centric thing because then it becomes just Doctor Who on the radio. Yeah, yeah it'll, and we've be, got it'll that. be interesting to see what they do. I think, uh, you know what, I'm thinking off the top of my head. If if I were the BBC and I was really serious about wanting to make this work, I would be like, okay, for series two, we get we get a bit timey wimey. We find a means of pigging our main characters into places and times other than contemporary Earth, so it is a bit a bit more Doctor Whoy. And as a hook for this series, rather than encountering random bit part characters from the RTD era, which was by and large what we had in this series, you get some uh, you get some of the classic Doctors in. Mm-hmm. So they're like I don't know chasing down fragments of the Doctor's past or something. So you get Colin Baker in for a couple of scenes. You get Peter Davison in for a couple of scenes. You know, they'd be up for it, wouldn't they? Tom Baker would David never do it. Would never appear on such a program. <laughs> Old horrible Tom Baker. No, I can't see him getting involved. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I don't know. That's just my 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 passing thought. I I'm sure they're going to do something completely different to that. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I think the central cast are strong enough and interesting enough that it will be a missed opportunity not to at least try something else with them. So yeah. I'm glad to see that the, the BBC are giving it a go. Get Abby in that new unit programme that's coming out. Yeah, I'd be up for it. Though I think she quit unit, didn't she? She worked for unit for three days and then. Quit. That's it. Yeah, 
She missed her friends too much. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, honestly, you could probably pop them into an episode of uh, Doctor Who proper. You could pop them into a spin-off on TV. You could very easily slide them into some big finish stuff. I yeah. would be happy for these character, for these core characters to stick around. Because they are, you know, you alluded to them being a bit like Linda from Love and Monsters. They are almost like, uh, excuse me, they're almost like uh, Linda done right, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. So, that then so, begs the question, what are we doing next week? Oh, that's a good question, isn't it, Matt? Um, we're watching Bloody Torchwood again. Aren't we? Yeah, we're back. We, we've we've put it off for as long as we possibly could. Just remind me in total how it, many series of Torchwood yeah. are there? Four. <clears throat> right. So if we finish this, we'll be halfway through, aren't we? Uh more than I think, because the third series is pretty short. It's the third one, the so, one that everyone goes on about. Yes, not uh, this one. Uh, not the one that we've got to do. So we've got to survive the, another series of hell before we get to the bit that some clown says yeah. is the good bit. Another 13 episodes, yes. Right. Am I right in thinking we're so, doing two episodes? Yes, so that's what I wanted to say to, to everyone. So um, because we're on a fortnightly schedule now, and because Matt and I both have did not enjoy series one of Torchwood, we do not want to drag this out for twenty six consecutive weeks. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a good a good plan for anyone, does it? So what we're going to be doing is uh, doing per episode of the pod two episodes. Obviously, that you know. We're, we're only releasing once once a fortnight anyway, so it works out about the same time-wise. But it means in the episode discussions, we're probably going to be skipping through a little more. We're not going quite quite so beat for beat, but we, we just want to get through this, guys. Yeah. We, it, want, it, to, we want to get through It's it. what's best for our mental well-being, isn't it? Oh, I mean, what's best for my mental well-being is just to tap out completely with Torchwood, I think. But, you know, I am I am a completionist. I, want, I feel like if something's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Exactly. I mean, the question is, is podcasting about a show you hate worth doing, Matt? You're the expert <laughs> on that, you tell me. Like, oh man, I'm I'm longing for Doctor Who. Oh, you know, we've only got to wait till November. Yeah. It'll be back. Tenant will be back. Donna will be back. Do you know what? We'll even get a bit of cribbins. Whilst we're doing Torchwood over the next few months, that might be where I, I sit down and watch all of class again. That's like smashing the glass and punching the red button, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh, wow. <coughs> oh, alright then I can't remember what episode 1 so, yeah. and 2 were called of Torchwood it's the first oh, bit of the second I've, series I've, 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 I've looked it up I've looked it up I, I didn't mention, but I haven't mentioned it yet so next next time listeners we will be discussing 
Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Sleeper. Great. So, yeah. Look forward to that. But until then, as always, thank you ever so much for listening. And until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.